Shane Falco had given up his dream of playing for the pros. Hey, Falco, you're not even a has-been. You're a never-was. Thanks, guys. Until fate... The player's strike became official at 4 p.m. Eastern time. ...handed him the ball. We're going to use replacement players. I'm talking about a team of poor nobodies. We're going to take those people and try to put together a winning team. Why me? Could be part of something. If nothing else... They should be fun to watch. Now, he must lead a team of amateurs. There's some who will say that you're not real players. That this isn't a real team. And find what it takes. You know, you're the first player I can remember who seems to care more about his teammates than he does himself. To win. You just have to find a way to lead your team. Earn the respect. Warner Brothers presents... We got a game to play. We play the world champions. Keanu Reeves. I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. And Gene Hackman. You can do this now. Come on. Come on. In a comedy for everyone who wasn't good enough... Now that is a hit! ...to get in the game. As of today, you're all professional football players. The Replacements. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. We're back with two guys talking sports movies and... Before we get into this week's movie, Bobby, always forget to mention the iTunes thing. That you can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on iTunes. Subscribe. If you listen to us on iTunes, more importantly, subscribe to us on iTunes and also rate us on iTunes and leave your comments there as well. I mean, there's a ton of ways to do it. <laughs> if we could get one comment, that would make my day. I still don't know if you want the comment because that's true. More people who comment seem <laughs> not like what you do. Not always necessarily stuff that you want to read, but we appreciate our audience. But subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us on iTunes, and leave some comments on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you, especially and it, the negative ones about Sean. <laughs> and for that matter, if you've got a, a sports movie that you'd like us to watch and discuss, you can let us know through the iTunes as well. You can do it there. You can also do it at WSBTradio.com. But you can leave us the comment. Say, hey, how about this movie? How about Invincible? How about Rocky? Whatever. Some of those movies we haven't done yet. Movies that you wish that we would. But we haven't quite hit yet. <laughs> so in any way, any case, that's our iTunes spiel. Let's get into this week's movie, The Replacements, made in 2000. This is, we're doing this movie because it was on your top ten list. Essentially, yeah, I'm not backing down from that, okay, and I've got no problem with that. And I don't want to get in. Well, we'll get to that later. So, so the 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 general gist of the thing: it's a pro football team called the Washington Sentinels. The league goes on strike. The professional football league, not the NFL, a fixed, but a professional fictitious league. Yeah, yeah, professional league. The team's owner, played by Hollywood veteran Jack Warden, who's been in a couple other, a handful of other football movies, including We Are Marshall, and. Uh, Heaven Can Wait, Heaven Can Wait, both of those are on my top ten list. But he calls up former coach Jimmy McGinty, played by Gene Hackman, calls him out of retirement to coach a ragtag team of replacement players to finish the season's last four games. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts. When you mentioned Jack Warden, he also was in your other movie that you like, Brian's Song. That's right, Brian's, but that's way back when. Well, he was in a football movie. That's you brought up another he's one. He's been so. in a lot of football movies, but he's kind of got that He's sort a football of, guy. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a football guy. So Hackman drums up a group of replacement players led by former Ohio State player Shane Falco, played by Keanu Reeves. They have four games left in the season. If they can win three, they're going to make the playoffs. There's also a love story. Falco gets involved with the head cheerleader of the team, played by Brooke Langdon. And this is actually based on the 1987 players' strike. Right. So did that happen I before the season? 
or during the 87 strike? The player strike? Oh, man, now you're stretching me. I don't exactly know. I know that there were replacement players and scabs. And it's, yeah, scabs and, and the whole thing. Um, this is in your top 10 list, though. Can I assume that it's largely because of all the football in this movie, Bobby? <laughs> there is a lot of good football. No, there's a lot of football. There's a lot of good football. There's a lot of football. It's pretty good. <laughs> but is it? I mean, what? No, I enjoy the movie. I, I'm I not, think, and, and I know you. <laughs> I know you get on the defensive every time I ask you a question. Every time. Yeah, you're, wow. you're like okay. you're like typical Twitter sports guy. It's like you've got all these opinions, and then the minute someone challenges your opinion, or not even challenges, just asks you to back up your opinion, you get all defensive. Oh, you're making me the bad guy. Well, you know that's because you asked the same question three times in a row, and I feel like I already answered it. So of course I'm I don't get know a about defensive. asking these questions three times in a row. All right. No, a lot of times, a lot of times, you do a good job of being a lawyer. You talk, but you don't necessarily answer the question that was asked. Well, maybe you're not specific I, enough I in want, your question. I don't That's want to get defensive again. I don't want to put you on the defensive. Yeah. But go, so is that is that is all is all the football in the because like going back to Rudy, you didn't like Rudy because there wasn't enough football. This has a lot of football. Is that is that what makes you like this movie? So a lot much? of good football. Okay, your opinion. I think some of the football scenes are very comical because they're on the field. They got good access to a field and a game, and they mm-hmm. show some fun plays, which are different. Right. I think they developed a bunch of characters in this movie, and it's kind of like I like remember the Titans. I like Friday Night Lights because there's so many characters that develop throughout the movie. So there's a lot of different themes and storylines, and that's what I like about the movie. Okay. Here's my question. It's credited. It's listed as a comedy. Is it a comedy mixed with drama, or is it a drama mixed with comedy? Because I don't feel like it's a straight-up comedy. Well, maybe it can and, be, I'll, and I'll get to exactly why here in just maybe a minute. Maybe it's a rom-com, romantic comedy, because there's a love scene. Even that is like, it takes, the drama. it takes more than half of the movie for them to even figure out that they're interested in each other. And we're talking, of course, about Falco and the cheerleader. Who, did they even mention her name in the movie? Annabelle. Oh, that's right. They did. And it was hard to because, because the drunk guys Keanu. at the bar kind of said, Annabelle, I love yeah. you every time. And but. at first I thought it was Anna, and then they did say it a couple times. Annabelle is her name. But so what was your question? Is it a comedy that has some dramatic parts? Is it a drama that has some comedic parts? It's a comedy that has some dramatic parts. I think the drama is only evident a couple times in the movie. I think the comedy is only evident a couple times in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but do you think this there's a lot of drama? This top ten, by the say, way. Do you think there was a lot of drama, or you just don't like it? Well, not for you. Let me, let me kind of. I don't think it's very well written. Okay. To start with, I don't think it's very funny. Uh, it induced, and I hadn't seen it in years. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw it before this. And I'm not trying to slam you. You're, you know, it's everything is personal taste. <laughs> uh, I hadn't watched it in several years. Had no real idea what to expect. So I was essentially a blank slate, and I. So I had no prejudice one way or another because I couldn't remember anything specific other than the general storyline that I knew Keanu was in it. I knew Gene was in it. Yeah, I knew she and that it was about a group of replacement players. It's supposed to be a comedy. How do you cast Keanu Reeves as the lead in a comedy? That's, I guess, my biggest question because the funniest thing he's ever done, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and that was really just stupid – Almost Not like even stoner slapstick, comedy. Yeah. yeah. And so there are some would dispute, I think, that this is funny. He was coming off The Matrix just a year earlier, which, man, I mean, I didn't realize The Matrix was already. That was in the 19th. It's 20 years old. 
at this point. And he'd already done point break. He'd already yeah. done speed. And then you've got Gene Hackman as well. Who doesn't do comedy. No. And, and that's Gene Hackman is delivering like all these dramatic lines like he's the coach in Hoosiers or something. Like all these lines that are supposed to mean something. These, these, these deep, dramatic lines. And it's like, to me, it's like, Hackman and Reeves are doing one movie. They're doing this over here that's kind of part drama. The drama. And then everyone else, the goofball, the Welsh kicker, and the Favreau character, the over-the-top, the guys on the SWAT team, and he gets brought in, and all these other guys, they're doing this comedy, and then Hackman and Reeves are doing this this drama on the side where Brooke Langdon then, I don't know exactly, that's a touch of rom-com, but again, it's right. like their relationship is is like the C story in this whole thing. Well, isn't that kind of what a team is? You get a bunch of different characters that have a different <laughs> bunch of personalities, and, you, and then you get Shane Falco that brings them together. Bobby, with all due respect, <laughs> <laughs> this is a piece of hot garbage. Wow. <laughs> I'm coming out with guns a-blazing, but I'm going to tell you this, because one of my biggest bones with this movie is the casting of Keanu Reeves as the lead in what's supposed to be a comedy. I have. Now, I don't want to build it up too much because I know – if I build it up too much, just the fact that I'm saying this, I've got someone who would have, who could have played that part, the Falco role, instead of Keanu, that I think would have made it a better pure comedy than what it turned out, as far as I'm concerned. But we'll get that when we get to the recasting later on. Okay. okay? So I'm going to tease that. Sure. But I, I mean, we- I just, I just want to, not that we base everything on Rotten Tomatoes, and we don't talk about the Rotten Tomatoes scores a lot, but <laughs> I, I'm going to go through a few Rotten Tomatoes scores. The Replacements. 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Higher than I would have expected. Rudy, 78%. A lot higher than I would have expected. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, another Keanu movie, 79%. The Matrix, 88%. So The Matrix got negligibly better than Bill and Ted's. Point Break, another Keanu movie, 69%. So See, and all I love of those, that movie, too, Point Break. Not a bad movie with, uh, what's his name? The guy from Roadhouse. Can't think of his name off the top of my head. Well, Keanu Reeves references in that movie being a quarterback at Ohio State. Oh, that's right. Because he was, wasn't he supposed to be in that movie as well? Another Ohio State quarterback? Right. So that's why it's funny that he continues to play a quarterback, which gives him credibility, I guess. So here's Roger Ebert's. Roger Ebert (laughs) gave the the replacements two stars. Which you think is two stars too many. You know, at least a half star. The replacements (laughs) is slap happy entertainment painted with Broad strokes, two coats thick. It's like a standard sports movie, but with every point made twice or three times, as if we'd never seen one before. Kind of like listening to you. And the musical <laughs> score provides such painstaking instructions oh, about how to feel during every scene. That was real It's bad. like the booklet that tells you how to unpack your computer. <laughs> Roger Ebert, who, you know, and it, I think Roger, now this was made in 2000, so this was toward kind of getting toward the end of the Roger Ebert run. I think early on, because I've gone back and looked at some of his other reviews, and I don't. Th- I think it took him a while to figure out how to evaluate a comedy because he's kind of hit and miss with well, some of critic, his ratings. So that's no, what he- exactly. But again, I think you have to take comedy with different strokes right. than you would with, with a – like he gave Top Gun three stars, which is only one star better than The Replacements. For Love of the Game – are you ready for this? Two and a half, Bobby. Two and a That's half from great. Roger you know Ebert. What? A half star better than the replacement. I'm happy that him and I disagree. Remember the Titans, he gave a four. Great. Caddyshack, a three. 
I hope you have Jerry Maguire in this list. Are you ready for this on Dodgeball, which came out a couple years later? And this is kind of how I think he started to evolve a little bit. Three. Dodgeball, he gave a four. Ooh, a four. Talladega Nights? Not good. Four and a half. No. From Roger Ebert. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Between yeah. the two of those, I would definitely give Dodgeball more than Talladega Nights. And again, I just look at Gene Hackman. Everything he does is just in this different tone than that of a comedy, I think. I see the man you are and the man you ought to be. Someday the two will meet. Right. That's a hilarious line, Gene Hackman. <laughs> Again, he's kind of saying stuff without saying anything. It's just coach speak almost. So if you look at it from that satirical perspective, it but is kind of funny. I didn't see any satire in his in well, his performance, though, because most of his lines are along that. And it, most most of the things, he, there's only like one time, one or two times, where, you know, like a sideline scene where he kind of half chuckles or whatever. But he's he's like the older, gruff. Well, and what's weird about Hackman is he didn't do a whole lot of movies after this. His career no. was over in 2004. And in fact, Jack Warden, the guy who played that was the owner, this was his movie. last movie. Right. Yeah, and Hackman. So you're calling it a cash grab? I mean, it could. I've got I could it, live with that. I've got it written down here someplace, but I've got too many notes. You have nine pieces of paper over there. <laughs> I do. Use a smaller font. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've got to be able to read, Bobby. Um, <laughs> struggle with that anyway. Greatness, no matter how brief, stays with a man. With the, the whole... The thing at the end when he starts the monologue and, and the, the last scene, yeah, again, it's weird. like that's not a comedy. That was that was like something you would expect in like a Remember the Titans or whatever it happens to be for for Love of the Game even. So this did make my top ten football movies list, and I'm happy it did, and I'm happy we we're watching it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's winning any awards, and no. the music is really bad, and I think. Let's just go right. It's like what well, bugs me that like the music. There was towards the end of the game. There was a really bad song playing that just sounded like two thousands pop well, rock. They did the jock jams. Do you remember the yep, jock jams? Yep, they, they sure did. They used that at one point. Yeah. And again, this is two thousand, and that was kind of maybe the tail end of when that jock jams whole because there was a CD with all the stuff that you'd hear in stadiums and in arenas and stuff like that. But they used that, and it's like. Oh, I couldn't believe it when I and heard And I wrote that. down the first thing that bugs me is the first time that Falco and the cheerleader meet, and they just keep making eye contact and looking at each other. Like, right. come on. That, Get a room. And, and the music was so over-the-top cheesy. Yeah. It's like, gee, I wonder where this is going to go. And even the stuff with the other cheerleaders that you know that they bring. Obviously, well, they were supposed to be strippers, but still. Whoa. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. We're allowed to say strippers. Okay. It was directed by Howard Deutsch, whose biggest writing credit, or... um. Who big biggest directing credit? Pretty in Pink, uh, nineteen eighties. Okay, how many stars did that get? Nineteen eighty six. I didn't look. <laughs> the whole ten yards, the flop that followed. Of course, the whole nine yards. It was written by Vince McEwen, and the sad thing is, this is probably his biggest writing credit. He wrote something called Taxi Brooklyn, a TV series, which I guess is out now. Fly Away Home, the climb. I I just right, but in any case. Well, then you have Orlando Jones, who's in Biker Boys and Office Space. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, I've seen that guy, but I'm not really sure. He was the 7-Up guy for a while. That's where. That's probably where I remember him most, yeah. now that you say that. Good point. But, you know. Funny guy, but I don't think he was utilized enough. You don't think Keanu Reeves is funny and John Wick? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, John Wick is still mad about that dog. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Well, and then Brooke Langdon. He loved that dog. 
I'm going to stick to this movie. Go ahead. Brooke Go Langdon ahead. wasn't in a whole lot either. This no. is one of her bigger movies. And she, she actually has a face that looks really familiar for not being in. Now, I know she's in, there's like some TV series. She was in stuff Friday like Night that. Lights. The original, like the, the TV, TV series? Show. What did she do in Friday Night she Lights? She was the next door neighbor that moved in with a kid to the Riggins brothers. Wow. Okay. And then the kid started getting picked on. His name was Bo. Okay. So Tim Riggins befriended Bo. That's and probably developed why. Developed a crush with her, but then she started dating his brother. That's right. In the second season, and that's why Tim Riggins moved out of the house. He went to Mexico and then it, moved to the All the sounding house. familiar. That's That must be why her face does look so familiar. But that would have been. I watched that whole TV series. That probably would have been six or seven years after this. Yeah. It's but, been a while. And that was even a smaller role, mm-hmm. but that's all she's done, really. Yeah. All right, so what else you got for right now? What, like you want to you want to tell me what do you want me to have? Well, do you want to go to favorite you know, lines? There was there was plans to make a sequel and they fell through. Would you have liked the sequel more? Whew, yeah, because all those unanswered questions they left with this one. Yeah. <laughs> they could have maybe they made a run to the Super Bowl because at the end of the movie they just made the playoffs. You want to go to favorite lines? It's gonna be, I don't know what to do with gonna that be, because it's going to be an empty segment for this you. Was, so I, I mean, yeah. Do you have any favorite lines? I want you to start with yours. This is this is one of your favorite sports movies, football movies. One of my favorite ten. I had to think of ten football movies. There's not a lot of good football movies out there. No, that's not what you said when we said this originally. You said there are a ton of good football movies out there. It was hard. Now, who's to, being the lawyer it was hard now? To pare this list down. Yeah. You sir, you're out of order. This Give whole, me one favorite this whole line. Podcast is out of order. I'm going to say I don't have I don't have a lot. But I like the line where Gene Hackman is talking to Shane Falco and he says, you know what separates the winners and losers? And Shane Falco says the score. <laughs> that one was pr- See, that's funny. Winners, you laughed. You laughed. Winner. I, 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 it's a sarcastic laugh. Winners. Yeah. Winners always want the ball when the game's on the line. Was that Hackman's response? I don't remember. I didn't write down the whole scene. Because that's line. what I because most <laughs> of mine are like. He mentioned that a couple times. The, move, that was a theme. the, the lines are so bad. That's why I have them on this list as your because, favorite because it's a list of cliches. To be kind of going back to the Roger Ebert <laughs> review, you're not even a has been. You're a never was. That was Martell, the actual quarterback who's on strike to Falco. Yeah, but that's a throwback to Mighty Ducks because they say that to Gordon Bombay in that movie. Oh, we're, we're throwing back to Mighty Ducks. I, I which is I another great reference. movie. I missed that reference. Well. Pain heals, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever. Falco, he says that in the huddle. Falco, and great delivery by Keanu in that huddle as well. I mean, he commanded that huddle. But I what was the say. line? Right by the way, by the way, this is sarcasm, Bobby. What was the line right before that? Because I know you can't read it in my text sometimes. <laughs> I just try this to. Is, this is sarcasm right now. I just block your number six days a week, and then I turn it on to meet up with this podcast what was the line he said right before that though he said i'd like to give you some memorable speech it's powerful that's and moving. just not our style right because it's not and he said it like that that's just not our style again great delivery oh i know you're tired i know you're hurting and i wish i could say something that was classy and inspirational but that just wouldn't be our style pain heals chicks dig scars glory lasts forever Right on. Yes, awesome delivery. This is more sarcasm. <laughs> All right, so what's another line you got? It's been an honor to share the field of battle with you. <laughs> Again, from that so what's same funny, I was say, How many 
dumbass things can he say well, this, in a stretch of less than 45 seconds? So this is what's and great. And not be believable it, it, while doing it. You hated this movie more every minute you watched it. And then you got <laughs> to the last five minutes. You wrote down every scene because you hate him. I was, I was watching this Sunday before the NFL games. Who hurt you? <laughs> before the NFL. <laughs> Before the NFL games were starting, and fortunately I got to hit pause a couple of times because I'm like, really? Oh, we're going to keep going it with this. two hours of greatness. I did like the fact that John Madden and Pat Summerall were in this because that's, that it was kind of a cool little... It like, reminded then, me of that. Yeah, this was like the beginning of their end, I guess, the, the beginning of the end of their run, but I mean, well, they, they mentioned were, in the movie that this was their 17th year, which if accurate, they only did 22 together. Yeah. So that would have been towards the end. Yeah. Loved both their voices in this, hearing a young John Madden, Pat Summerall at all. Did not need John Madden narrating the first kiss with the cheerleader. <laughs> I don't know if you wrote that down. Good point. I didn't write that down. But I did like when uh, the kicker was, don't do anything great if you can't handle the congratulations. <laughs> that was awesome. When he gets, I, I did actually like that line. That was a good one. See, like if they could have found a way... And it was funny. Because they did work as dinks and doinks, which is like, okay, that was that was Madden's catch. But if they could have found a way to work some more of them and some good lines, because I just didn't I didn't so think John, the rest of the characters were funny enough. John Madden using his lines here is very similar to Vin Scully in For Love of the Game. Mm-hmm. Kind of narrating through the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. But you didn't like Vin Scully in that one, so. Yep. All right. Do you have any more favorite lines that you'd like to drop in here? Um yeah, when they start to screw up and they all move the huddle together is after they puked. And they somebody goes, what are they doing out there? And Gene Hackman says, who cares? It's the first thing they've done as a team. <laughs> Thought that was enjoyable. You obviously did not. Hilarious. I wrote down, I see the two men line that you already crapped on. That hilarious. <laughs> that was that was more sarcasm, by the way. Yeah. I also laughed out loud when um, the coach is meeting the player from prison. Mm-hmm. And like, well, where should we go? He's like, well, let's go over there where we're since we're out of shouting distance because he was intimidated. And I, I laughed. Did you ever watch The Shield by any chance? I have not watched The on Shield. FX. I've heard from multiple people that it's a good show. Yeah, it's a, like you talk about like stark <laughs> realism, brutality, everything else. But the guy who played the guy getting out of jail was one of the straight-laced police which, officers in The Shield. And is, there weren't very many straight-laced police officers in The Shield, by the way. Um, and that was Michael Jace? That's it. What was his big uh, thing he was afraid of in the quicksand scene, if you remember? Do not remember. Going back to prison. Ah. And it kind of brings a somber tone to all that. Yes. Somberness somberness in a comedy. In 2016, Jace was convicted of second-degree murder of killing his wife and sentenced to prison for 40 years. Was he really? Yeah. So he won't be on any... um, No kidding. Yeah, he won't be on any sequels. I... Didn't go that far on my... So this was just, what, three years ago? Yeah. No kidding. So he overcame that fear. That's great. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Life imitating art. He ends up... Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, Man. See, now I brought a somber tone to the podcast. He wasn't one of my favorite characters in The Shield, by the way, just so that's out there. Okay. <laughs> that's not sarcasm. <laughs> so hard to tell with you, right? You got to say it. <laughs> that's right. Okay, you want to go do some favorite scenes? Yeah. The whole movie. Obviously. I mean, that I've was got, sarcasm, Sean, just in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> I've got two. So if you have more than two, go ahead and start. Uh, wow, I have a bunch. <laughs> uh, I'll start with the fat guy. The fat guy touchdown. 
when he gets the fumble. Are we allowed to say fat guy, or are we supposed to say they called bigger, it that in the movie? Guy? I'm, I'm okay. quoting John Madden. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was sarcasm. Not sarcasm. Just kidding. Well, your humor is even harder to tell. Oh well, now we're getting <laughs> defensive, a little, huh? Getting a little, yeah. Um, but he picks up the ball and he's like, "Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Oh shoot!" And they keep cutting back to him saying that as he runs on the field. Yep. I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. Yep. Uh, I count that as uh, the anti-realism in this movie. If we're because you, you, I mean, you were talking about the great football scenes. Well, who was the movie. guy from the Steelers that went down the field almost for a fat guy touchdown? Was he that big? Was it or Vince Wilfork had one at one point? I'm sure he did. I mean, so come on, those, those really happened. Okay, you got another scene. <laughs> You're gonna have yeah. to fill this this part of the show. I am. So I'll talk a little slower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll understand me better. Ooh. Um. See, I, th- I feel like you're defensive, and you're the, just you're just speaking of defensive. You're, you're putting up your wall, Bobby. <laughs> well, you're not getting through it. <laughs> speaking of defensive, when the defensive linebacker Bateman, played by John F- uh, F- Favreau, Favreau, can't stop hitting the red quarterback mm-hmm. at practice, I thought that was hilarious. Made me laugh out loud. See, I've got that in my things that bug me, so I'll save that. <laughs> okay, Favreau, of course, who was what was the what was the characters? Debop. And Rudy. In Rudy, yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other two scenes I have written down are the same two that you probably have. Probably not. The quicksand scene? Uh, no. I have the two I will survive dance scenes. That's, uh, I thought yeah. they were funny enough. The first one's in jail. And well, then Gene and Hackman a... shows up and, you know. See, but he... Stop with the humor in this supposed comedy. Yeah, but I'm that, Gene Hackman, but <laughs> and I approve this message. <laughs> no, but then he also says, you know, I would have loved to have seen him get it. His face punched or whatever. So that's what I mean. The guy might not be funny in the movie, but at least he's soft. He's not a gruff guy the but whole it, movie. But I felt like he also was not necessarily a vehicle for other people to be funny. He well, just he, he just kept delivering all these dramatic lines with deep meaning. And it's like, that's not... I, it, it shouldn't have been what this movie about I, is about. I, I, I get that you've got this quarterback, Falco... He, you know, and the one thing that we haven't touched on is the fact that something happened in the sh- the uh, yeah the Sugar Bowl in 1996. They referenced that 97. Well, it was 96 because there wasn't actually a 1996 Sugar Bowl. Did you know that? That's why they picked the. That's year why they picked it because 96. the one year it was in December and the next year it was, it was in January first. Yeah, like, so there's a yeah exactly. So there was never a Sugar Bowl played. In the year 1996. You're right, you're That's right. why they picked that. 97 yeah. was January 2nd, and then 95 was 1231. Exactly. So exactly. They picked that one. So they keep mentioning that, and this is sort of, he was out of the league, he was living in a boat, and he gets his opportunity to come back. So then you've essentially got Gene Hackman delivering all these Tony Robbins motivational speeches and a much gruffer delivery <laughs> and voice. And he's like, he's like, Keanu Reeves conscious. He's he's supposed to be this father figure sort of pushing him towards this. This is your shot at redemption. This is your opportunity. You can do it. Go be a leader. Da, 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 da. And that's, again, I feel like these two guys are in one movie and everybody else, all these goofball characters, were doing something different. I think that's a great uh, take on this movie. So it's a little bit of everything for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously I put that I like the quicksand speech. I think that's, if you hear this movie, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is the quicksand speech. Okay. What are you afraid of? Quicksand. Ha, ha, ha. No, what does it really mean? Yeah. And they go into this whole diatribe. Yeah. 
That's right in the in the in the locker room. Yeah. That's right, and then so everyone kind of goes around. And actually, if you want to get, but again, if it's you like get into it gets deeper if, there, where it takes on a more sh- serious than than comedy type. Absolutely, tone. but like if you think about sports, it's true. He talks about if you make one bad step, then another bad play happens, and mm-hmm. you can't stop it from happening. You lose the momentum. How often do you see that in sports? Yeah. Last Sunday, I saw a team on the field play as hard as they could to win a football game. We lost, not because of effort or desire but because of lack of leadership, lack of trust. One of those issues has been resolved. But leadership means nothing if a team doesn't believe in each other. Players spend years together before they develop trust in one another. And I'm asking you to do it in a week. Not a reasonable request, but these aren't reasonable times. Now, I know you all have concerns about this Sunday. But a real man... Admits his fears. That's what I'm asking you to do here tonight. Who wants to start? Fears. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> fears. Fears. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> hey, uh, hey, I'm scared of spiders, coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what I meant. Me too, coach. Though. I'm afraid of spiders too, coach. Yeah. Goddamn spiders freak me too, fellas. <laughs> well, I didn't mean that, though. You, what I'm talking Fishing about. Fishing your beard, man. Ever get one of those fish crawling up your arm, man? Oh, and then he crawling on you, man. The other thing that I have for favorite scenes, there were multiple. Not all of them were great, but I just said the, the John Madden, Pat Summerall stuff. I just like the fact they were in there. And now, almost 20 years later, it's more nostalgia than anything. Right. Like, if you saw it at the time, those were the two big guys. And, and It was almost a cameo versus yeah. now it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So, any other scenes that you've got on your list? Jeez. I know you're going to be this harsh. No, I have a couple that bug me, but we're not too there yet. So Okay. Anything new that you noticed that you didn't remember after watching it again? Because, again, we, we watch these before we do this every week. So we, you know, we may have seen them right. five years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, but we watch these movies right before we record the podcast. Well, I, know, I didn't notice until I read the stuff, but the, one of the guys that's a lineman that – Flips over the car. He was actually one of the scabs in real NFL in 1987. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't think he was any good, but. I wouldn't have recognized he him. He played but. for the Denver Broncos, who lost the Super Bowl to All the right. Redskins. Something, because again, like I, other than Keanu and Hackman and Brooke Langton, I really couldn't have told you too many other people who were in this movie, but the deaf tight end. Oh, yeah, Roy from The Office. Roy from The Office. Yeah, but this Pam's was first fiance. And this was his first movie. Yeah. So how can you not like a movie that has Roy from The Office Roy in it? Roy from The Office. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a cool little I, thing. You remember? W- w- well, we were, go ahead. And then Art Lafleur was in this. We've yes. kind of glossed over a reappearance times. by Art Lafleur. <laughs> I think he was the defensive coordinator, right? Yep. And he was in the Sandlot as the Babe Ruth. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. A Chick Gandle. Yeah. Yeah. We've got more Art Lafleur coming and, back. And he's from Gary, Indiana. I did not know that. Well, now you do. Anytime you can work Art LaFleur into the mix, it's a good day, I guess. Yeah. The coach of the San Diego team, the gold team, is a guy named Mark Robert Ellis. And he is a guy I referenced. I can't remember which movie we were talking about. It might have been Friday Night Lights. He is a guy. He's got some cameos here and there, not really much as far as the the speaking lines and stuff like that, but he's one of the main sports consultant movies on a lot of these different movies. Including like, this one. Yeah, he consults yep. the actual playing and, you know, here's here's what we need to do if this is going to look real 
kind the of thing. Two opponents where they showed the coaches, actually both of them were consultants on the movie. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that there was another one like that. I think it was a Dallas coach. I didn't recognize the name, though. Yeah, it's like if you watch any of the, like a, a lot of the, the military movies, like We Were Soldiers. Have you ever seen that mm-hmm. with Mel Gibson? Um, Saving Private Ryan. There's like an older guy who always plays an officer in one of these things, and he was actually like a Vietnam veteran and served for a long... He's the main military consultant on a lot of these things. Brings, and he'll pop up from brings time brings realism to, time. to yeah, it. Or, exactly. Yeah. So that's it's the same with this guy, Mark Robert Ellis. He did some stuff... The Water Boy, Coach Carter, The Longest Yard, oh, a lot great, of these different things. A lot things. of great movies. I know. Like, I'm just, it's like I'm playing your hits right now. Yeah. Okay. So anything else that you notice? No. Okay. You? Th- that is it. You want to go to recasting? Um, or do you want to go to uh, what we've bugs got, you? Let's do what bugs us okay. first. Well, first, d- did your opinion of it change at all after no. watching it this okay. time? My opinion of the movie is just that it's a fun watch, okay. almost as a background noise. I'm so not you're saying don't get, take it too seriously. I'm not going to get into it like big eyed and like be on every word of the mm-hmm. movie. I'm saying it's just nice to have on the background. Okay. And no, so it didn't really change. I, I think the background would be a great place for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think about your your commentary. Come on, keep going. <laughs> no, nope, that's fine. Man, you're you're getting personal here. <laughs> no. See, this is this is Bobby. Hi, how are you Again, doing? Bobby is Bobby is sports Twitter guy. It's like I, you can't you can't you can't come which is at funny Bobby because I don't do any get sports. Twitter. No, I know which is it is funny because you're on Twitter, but like this is like typical sports Twitter guy personality. Like you can't come at Bobby with a different opinion, or he'll just shove it right back at you. I think you knew what you were getting when you started this podcast with me. <laughs> you were counting on that. All right, things that bugged you. My opinion did not change because again. You I didn't, I didn't remember slate. enough. Yeah, blank slate and going And you still in. are a blank slate towards it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, some would say blank slate, period. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, Things that bug you. I got a lot, I got a pretty long list, so. Are all those bullet points things that bug you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start. I said the scene where they make the eye contact forever with the music. Uh-huh. So cheesy. Don't need it. Okay. Um, at one point, they have to get an onside kick. They get the onside kick. Shane Falco has to tackle Bateman, the quarter, or the, the linebacker that got uh-huh. the ball. Then they call a timeout. The clock wouldn't be moving. That's just so jarringly bad football. I guess I didn't notice. Yeah. Because then they call a timeout. That's when they decide to kick the field goal of 65 yards to win it. With with the, the Welsh kicker. That yeah. was the first game then, right? Because Hackman goes, well, we, don't, we only have time for one more play. And he's like, well, I can kick it. But that's because they called the timeout. Yeah. You wouldn't have to call a timeout. So I'll just and then they then they reference their out of timeouts. So, come on, just that one's bad. Good point, especially when you've got all these football consultants who right. should be kind of yeah. Um, the kicker smoking on the side again. I know it's a comedy and all that, but the kicker smoking on the sidelines and in the game. I just felt like really that's that's your that that's your comedy. They that's, probably haven't done that since that's the seventies, right? Yeah, I don't know. Not since Len Dawson, anyway. Len Dawson with his cigarette and fresca. Have you ever seen that picture? There's a picture of Len Dawson. There's a picture. Google Len so, Dawson cigarette. Do it sometime. No montages to speak of. And well, this, they could have montaged a lot and saved us a good 15 minutes on this. Because I did feel like it's for supposedly a comedy. Maybe it's a good 10 to 15 minutes. Too I think long. if you have to really get down the definition of a montage, because any. Game scenes a montage because you're not seeing every play. Yeah, but they didn't 
Like they what put I music think of as a montage. Yeah, no, you've got music. There's no real dialogue. You words, just go boom, yeah, boom, boom. Yeah. Highlights, but there was a lot. Yeah, like they obviously jumped around. Yeah, but okay, I can live with that. That, that would be my definition. So that was montage. good. Cause you used to not like montages. Now you do. <laughs> I, no, I didn't say that I don't like them. It's just a matter of how you're going to use them. And there, there, there are times, as we've talked about, like in For Love of the Game, which, by the way, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that movie up because if anybody listens, <laughs> they're like, why do they keep going back to that movie? I heard someone else, a national figure, say that For Love of the Game has some of the best baseball stuff around, but the other stuff is too much. Huh. The other stuff being Man. what? The Jane. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've listened to our podcasts, you've heard multiple Jane references beyond just when we did for Love of the Game. See, and I, I'm Kelly fine Preston, with that. lovely right. actress. I like Kelly Preston, but just. John Travolta did too. So let's not digress there. Yeah. I put the John so Madden narrating that kiss bugged me. Like, it was so I cliche. Can see that. And they're talking about Flacco's going for it. And he gets the big play or whatever. It's just stupid. Yeah. Why? Here's one that really bugs me is, okay, so Martell, the actual quarterback quarterback for the team, he decides after sitting out for three games with the, with the rest of the guys in the league on strike, he's going to cross the picket line and come back. So when he comes back, why does Keanu leave the team? Why doesn't he just become the second-string quarterback? Oh, come – well – I mean, if you're going to nitpick the timeouts and all some of sure. that kind of no, stuff. I, it's a fun to, debate because if he's crossing the I realize line, it, it builds into their storyline and there's more drama with him coming back, like Vince Vaughn and, and Pete LaFleur leaving dodgeball to, you know, to go run into Lance Armstrong <laughs> at the so airport. If they had have signed another quarterback that was willing to cross then to be a backup, in my mind. Because, you never see another quarterback besides those two. So that's a good point, but... You don't want to scab quarterback. It's just a bad look to have him on the sidelines, probably, especially with how well he played. But the rest of the guys are scab players still. But nobody crossed for their positions. What do you mean? Like, nobody came back. There's only three nobody guys. came back. To, so, so you're just saying it w- it would have been in bad form to keep the guy on the team because the veteran <laughs> came back. I think it almost makes Keanu look like he didn't want to be there anyway. Maybe that was it more. I just didn't he buy did- it. Well, then what, I, what bugs me the most of this whole movie, what does Peter LaFleur do when he's missing the dodgeball tournament? He places the bet first. Okay. He goes to the bar, and he's drinking. Right. He's drinking. He's drinking at the airport Joel bar. Joe Flacco's drinking on his houseboat the first <laughs> half of the game. The coach on the way to- Shane ha- Falco, you mean? Yeah. Joe Flacco. Joe that's, Flacco. That's a completely well, different yeah. guy. Too many consonants. <laughs> Joe Flacco was probably in high school when this was made. He's still elite back then, though. <laughs> yeah. But so he's drinking on his houseboat, and then he sees the coach talk about needing uh, a lot more heart, miles of heart. Oh, that's right. We need heart. Which he had said that he had heart. had heart in the last scene. Mm-hmm. So that's how Shane Falco knew he met him. So then he leaves his houseboat, gets to the locker room, probably with a pretty good buzz based on the way he was drinking the whole movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, they didn't even started the halftime speeches or anything, and he already walks in. How far away is that houseboat? If he sees the interview on TV and gets there in like two minutes. Well, I've got another thing about the fact. And he was drinking. This is indirectly related to the houseboat. It, we'll get to it coming up here in a minute. But I want to go back to Eddie Martell, okay. the quarterback, because Brett Cullen is the actor who plays him, which it's like 
It's not a name that I know, but he's like you see face. his face. He's he's that guy who is in that thing, essentially. So he's the starting quarterback. He was born in 1956, which means he was 43 years old when this film was made. That's fine. Tom Brady is currently 42. It's he fine. is other than than George Blanda that I'm aware of. They're like the only two guys that have played to that age. Cullen, I mean, and he looked older at that point. His age really bugged me. He shouldn't have. You can't tell me that there weren't 50 other actors they could have plucked out who were at least six years younger that they could have got to play that role that would be more realistic. Because we're going for realism with all the Hackman and Keanu stuff, right? But you can believe a 30-year-old high school running back. I didn't say I believed it, but I, I agreed <laughs> with you at the time. I thought that they were both two. I thought no, that, that's a good point. But I thought that Derek Drew, Luke, who you're referring to in the Booby Miles Friday Night Lights, I agreed. I, Drew I think he's too old to play that. 40, isn't he? He's right around 40. But we're talking about the exception rather than the rule. Sure, but he's the exception because he talks about having two Super Bowl rings. Come on. Being all pro for all these years. You nitpick the age of some of these actors, too. So don't sit here and defend them just because you like this movie. And I've noticed that you do that, by well, the yeah. way. Well, yeah. Because you go the other more, way. <laughs> you're far more willing, like with all the Rudy stuff, you uh, went right down the that, line. Well, the Rudy, that's not even a football movie. Why you, do you keep talking about this movie? It's not even a sports movie. You nitpick, and I'm glad that this isn't wasn't something based on truth because you know we don't have to defend it. Well, any actually, of this stuff. it is, but that's cool. Well, <laughs> it's loosely based on the the '87 NFL strike, loosely, just because there was a strike, so now we're going to try to build this comedy around it. But I've noticed, Bobby, it's a drama, not a comedy. That you're far more willing to sweep under the rug all these things you happen to agree with if you like the movie than like. Boom, 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 boom. It was like bullet point after bullet point the way you nitpicked Rudy. I'm not going to back down from anything I said about the Rudy movie. Did you order the code red? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I said, I think you're taking a little too much stake in how much you think I enjoy this movie. I think it's a nice little movie. All right, all right, all right. Um, Favreau hammering Falco twice in practice. You mentioned that. He looked kind of. He would have been, been kicked off the team. If, but he looked kind of jacked, him. which I was kind of surprised to there see. There was a time. Do you remember when he was on? He had like an arc on Friends around yeah, this right. same he's time. Yeah, right. He's the MMA fighter, exactly. right? Exactly. And I think he was like because he had lost a bunch of weight, and then he got into really good shape. I think he's kind of you know like Jonah Hill, gone back and right. forth maybe a little bit. But yeah, so I think around that time period. That's probably how he ended up in this because he was in really good shape. It's at like, that damn, Debop, you've gotten. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. The tripwire at the end of the tunnel. What was that all about? When they run out for the first game and Favreau trips over it, Their I head, didn't get that. I don't either. There must have been more to that, but it got cut or something. It must have. That was one of those. It was very like, awkward. Yeah. And what else? Anything that bugs you? No, I, just my things. Yeah, my, some of my yours. Yeah. Things that bug me bug you because they're coming from me. I feel like what. We didn't know each other as well. When we did Bull Durham, you were very defensive of a lot of little things. <laughs> Kevin Costner was too old for everything, yeah. the, in, for love of the game, to be a pitcher. But How old was he at that point? Do you remember? I, I think don't. I think we were willing. I think everyone was willing to kind of do that because he had been in the, the two baseball movies. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's the end of the career. And he was sort of putting an end maybe to that part of his career, for that matter, baseball movies and the whole thing. Do you have anything else on that bugs you? Uh I mentioned this earlier, the relationship, the love story. Why did it take him so long to develop that? Because like you said, I mean, they're, it's like you almost could have made fun of it. it that, like, yeah. that right there could have been you know, like an Ace Ventura or some of these other movies where just like they really, could have, they really could have made a lot more, had a lot more fun 
with that, just like making stupid goo goo eyes, like that would have made it a little bit funnier. Tackling her on the sidelines, yeah, she, as opposed to pushed out of bounds or oh, something. Shucks, yeah. and I'm blushing and I'm yeah. looking away and whatever. And so that kind of and the the biggest and her driving her jeep. <laughs> oh, is, what do you mean? She gives him a ride home and she's driving like crazy through traffic, giving him advice. Oh, the on, way she drives, yeah, yeah, giving him advice on stuff that we never even see get brought up. Yeah, wouldn't that have made it better if like she's talking about some guy go to the right side? And then there's a play where they show him going to the right side, yeah. but they don't even reference that. Yeah, missed opportunities. I, I think so too. Um, it's supposed to. This is supposed to be set now because it's the end of the season, and they mentioned Thanksgiving once. So mm-hmm. this is set in Washington D.C., and it's supposed to be November December. Does it look like November December in any? You know, like when Keanu's sitting on the boat, for example. It looks more like <laughs> <June>. October in <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> right? To yeah. me, you know, yeah. it's it's like. So, so that was a big thing. I just kept noticing because there's always sunshine because they were filming this apparently more in the Baltimore area right. than D.C., which isn't far. But still, it's like you're down by the water. It would have been a lot colder than what they played it up to be. Well, and at one point, December. he's even sleeping on like the little dock thing outside next to the water, which he would have hypothermia yeah, if that was November. Yeah. in November. And he'd be out for the game. Yeah. And the only other thing that I had, there's like the 800 references to the 96 Sugar Bowl that we talked about. Keanu was 34 when this film was made. So Four years before that, he would have been 30 years old, and he was playing in the 96 Sugar Bowl. So, again, if we're going to get technical, yeah, they were so he's actually, a few of the characters yeah. a little bit older than they probably should have been. Yeah. I can live with that. Okay. All right, so where are we now? What category well, do you want to get to? The only hint of We're real- getting close to wrapping up here. All right, the only hint of realism in this movie was that in real life, the Washington team that was loosely based on had to win games to make the playoffs, and they did, and then they won the Super Bowl that year, and they attributed a couple of the scabs for helping win those games, although they weren't honored with Super Bowl rings or anything Yeah. until 2016. The team finally, the organization finally honored them and gave them rings. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is. But that's nothing to do that. with this movie, I guess. Okay. So, um, recasting? Yeah, let's do recasting. Do are there any any people you would have recast? Gene Hackman, like a, a funnier coach, basically. See, maybe I thought well, I want. I almost thought the other way. Like uh, Burt Reynolds would have been good on that. Now that see, because he has comedic timing, but he can be both. Yeah, exactly. And I just Gene Hackman is a very dramatic actor. He is. I mean, we were talking about Denzel Washington and the fact that. Denzel, when we were doing Remember the Titans, the fact that Denzel is essentially the, the Denzel, same guy. He's yeah. Denzel in everything that he plays, and I think Hackman is a lot the same. There are very few exceptions where Hackman doesn't – I mean, he was like more Pacino in any given Sunday I, than he was a guy was wondering doing if you're a sitcom or you know, a comedy. Yeah. Well, then I also thought about Kevin Costner because any sports movie, he's a tall – You would just put Costner in I, anything. Well, I do. I would. But he also has some comedic I, chops. Because I think if you're going to pay for Hackman, because Hackman – like you said, he was didn't do a whole lot more movies, but he was still he and Keanu. Relevant. Yeah, the well, two, Keanu was hot back. Like that yeah, was this his was peak. this was right in his peak for sure. So I said earlier that I had the perfect guy to play the quarterback instead of Keanu that I think would have made this a better comedy. A guy who could have ad libbed some lines and. Added to it. I hope you're not going to say Adam Sandler. No. Okay. Because he had just done The Waterboy, too, right? And the, But he did Longest Yard, too. So yeah. That's why but, was, but that was after this. But right. he had just done The Waterboy, so I don't know if that would have worked. Vince Vaughn. 
Vince Vaughn. Because Vince, this was 2000. Changes the whole tone of the movie. Yeah, and it's just a few years after Swingers, so he hadn't done Old School or Wedding Crashers or any of that stuff yet. You put Vince Vaughn instead of Keanu Reeves, I think you make it a much different movie and a a much funnier movie just by him being in it, being that ablip, you know, some of the lines that you get from Wedding Crashers and Old School and, and some of that stuff. What about Will Ferrell then? I think Will Ferrell... He, maybe he's a little too goofy, but I, I mean, you think it would be the better, same kind of guy. Yeah, hmm. that would have been. He's a big USC football fan. I don't know how athletic he is. At least Vince Vaughn, we know he did. Yeah, we saw him play football in Wedding Crashers and Rudy. <laughs> yeah, and Rudy. He didn't well, have to throw the ball. Keanu. One thing I'll give Keanu if, if that was really him throwing the ball. It looked good. He did a pretty good job. Here's another thing that bugs me. I forgot till just now. Every time they did a huddle scene, Keanu would take off his helmet and talk to everybody. That's you never true. see a quarterback Instead take of off. Talking, it's right. like they wanted to that see the Keanu face. mug on yeah. screen. Yeah. yeah. So Vince Vaughn's your big cast, huh? Would the, I guess the question would be, because the, the, the studios back then, when they put this together, it's like, oh, we got Keanu. And, and he was. I, I don't know how it was cast in terms of The Matrix, which was done a year earlier, but if right. he was just coming off that and then he was cast and it was a hint, it's like, oh, we got Keanu, even though it's like <laughs> the Matrix and the Replacement. Talk about two completely right. polar opposites. But, yeah, and Vince Vaughn wouldn't have been a big face to put on the thing. But I just feel like someone, like, like even a Paul Rudd, maybe he's too nah, young too because small. that hadn't, yeah, that's true. He's not a very big guy either. I think Vince, like a Vince Vaughn, is perfect because yeah, because he is. He's a tall guy. Yeah. He's well over six feet tall. He'd have that presence. He was because he kind of disappeared for a couple years after Swingers before we got into the the OOS when he started doing some the of these aughts, other aughts. Com- yeah the aughts some of these other um, comedies. Yeah, he would have been a good cast. That, and I'm not saying it's great by any means, but then there's I don't think you can have Vince Vaughn with the love interest in that movie then. I don't think mm. I think then you just go complete almost slapstick comedy. Yeah, see that and then you let the football be the drama, not the players. And this just kind of hit me. And not that you'd go completely to this level, but like some of the stuff that you got with Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz and there's something about Mary, just with some of the goofy things that happened there and with and with Dylan and, and that kind of stuff, I think you could have played with it a little bit more. Because they didn't, it just wasn't a real playful movie. I didn't think there were times when they tried, but again, it was like okay, the the quicksand and super and, cliche movie. I think yeah. that's the best way to describe it. Cliche. Yeah. Kevin Costner as your coach. I don't know who else you really could have gotten because Burt Reynolds. Again. I, yeah, I mean, I forgot you said that, but that, I think Burt Reynolds would have been perfect. Yeah. For this, and he didn't really necessarily have a whole lot going, and I mean. He's got the football background. He's in Longest Yard, both he of them. Been great, yeah. And he's done some comedies. Vince Vaughn as Keanu, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds as Hackman. I think, I think that's a much funnier movie. Yeah. Still wouldn't Just enjoy it probably. Yep. So this is in your top ten football movies. Top ten football, yeah. Not your top ten sports movies. I no. Assume. I don't know what my list would look like, but I don't think this would be on this. Like I say, it's like a. You're hungover on a Sunday morning before football starts, and it comes on. You might as well watch it. It was sequel-worthy at one point. They were actually going to make a sequel to this. I huh? think every movie has they, a they sequel talk, about, talk it. about it to see how much money or interest there is. Maybe that's all it was. Yeah. Should it ever be remade? So I thought about that. It could be remade as a different sport, though, I think. 
Like hmm. you have like a basketball movie or they go on strike or whatever. You could have different sports. I don't know about football though, because this one, I think they got all they could out of it. See, now you could put Vince Vaughn as the coach. Yeah. Vince Vaughn is the coach. Or Adam Sandler is the coach. Yeah. One of those two. Sometimes Adam Sandler a little bit goes a long way, though. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's fair. That's kind of how I felt about the water boy, I think, quite honestly. So next week, we're doing the water. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm kidding. right. No. We've actually got a couple lists coming up yeah. that we're going to do. We've got, we're going to do a list of some of our favorite 30 for 30s because they do great stuff. And I don't know if, did you watch the Rodman one, the newest one that they just did? I saw part of it, but not the whole okay. thing. Yet. I, saw mo- I saw all but the first 10 minutes. I tuned in. Pretty early, didn't miss the first ten minutes. It I got was great. I tuned in from when he got kicked out of his house. I wouldn't say it's great, but it was good. And there are times when there are times when you want to feel sorry for Dennis Rodman, but then you look at the fact that he's pushing sixty now, and he's got three kids, and he's really never been a part of their lives. It's like you've got all this money, all these opportunities. You didn't have a dad growing up. What what have you been doing? You know, it's like. Most guys, it's you're going to go the opposite direction. You didn't have that, so you're going to overdo it the other way. But Dennis and is... And that's what's tough about documentaries in general. Up. They all yeah. have their agendas, and they all come from one angle. They're not a yeah. prism of everything. But we're going to pick some of our favorite 30 for 30s. We're going to do a list move or a list podcast around that. And then from that, some of the ones that match up, and fingers crossed we have some that match up. because <laughs> They don't have that many of them. they got to cross somewhere. <laughs> there's, there's actually quite a few. I think there's like yeah, but there's some 50 really, or 60 There's some now. clunkers in there, too. Yeah. So we're going to do, do that, and we're also going to do a podcast with some of our favorite scenes from sports movies because we've always we've, we've hit a lot of the different scenes in these podcasts as we've gone you know, long and, and discussed some of these. So we're going to sort of hit some of our all-time favorite scenes. From sports movies so i think that'll be fun spice it up a bit and <laughs> there's a rumor uh, that since bobby was so anti-rudy there's a rumor that there could be a rudy rebuttal podcast on the way that's exactly what everyone wants is more rudy more rudy shove down their ears people like that movie you know i saw somebody that i tweet or that i tweet that i follow on twitter follows me we know each other and he loves it he tweeted just out of the blue today Rudy, watch it again. Easily top five or six. What about that KFC commercial they did? I love that. I yeah. Wow. We, With the music from Rudy. Yep. And and that was the only good part. Both Sean Astin and the real Rudy, both in it. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was funny. I thought, it does. And I mean, I give kudos to Sean Astin for doing that. For doing that. Because when he comes running out of that tunnel in the all-white uniform... Doesn't look great. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Whoa, doctor. Age has uh, aged him that's a right. bit. That's right. All right, so we're going to be doing some of that, so it should be fun. That's that's some of the stuff that's coming up in the near future as we get here through the football season. We'll remind you, subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us on iTunes, leave a comment on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. That'd be great. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. We made it. Two guys talking sports movies. Bobby Hensley, Sean Styers. We'll talk to you next time.